Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is called The Frog King Fragments. It was written by Stefan Schutte, and it was translated into English by Pascal Breitenfeld, who is also our GM. And this is episode one. So without any further delays, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Pascal? Thank you, Tom. <clears throat> Once upon a time, that is how many or most of the well-known fairy tale starts. Uh, mostly it's once upon a time in a land far, far away. But this time, the time is not that far back. It's The year is 1926, and it's Thursday, the 13th of May. And we are in Berlin, Germany. At the height of the Roaring Twenties, the grim years of hyperinflations have fortunately passed. And this day is um, the day of Christ's ascension. So it's not an official holiday in Germany by now, but we'll turn that in a couple of years. But it's also uh, traditionally Father's Day. So for most people, banks are closed, shops are closed, and there's no real reason to get up early unless you... Uh, uh, are planning on a tour with your uh, your buddies. So why would anyone get out of bed early? Unless maybe you are a lawyer with a pretty demanding uh, customer who has called you this very morning and informed you that she will pick you up uh, and uh, take you on an errand. So, um, Steve, uh, you are play uh, whom are you playing? Uh, my character is Walter von. Oh, uh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong character. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing uh, Joseph Prince, uh, a lawyer. Exactly. And you are... Uh, you just received that call of uh, Miss Yolante, uh, Mrs. Yolante Erling, the wife of uh, uh, Professor of German uh, German language, Professor Isebius Wolfgang Erling, um, a rather peculiar person uh, uh, who seems to have done some strange things over the last days. And she told you, uh, she gave you a phone this morning, and it's like now 11 o'clock. And you uh, look out of the window of your flat and see that her car uh, is pulling up uh, in front of your flat. The chauffeur steps out and walks up to, uh, to, the, uh, to the door. And you hear the bell ring. Okay. I will make sure uh, uh, I look nice, presentable, put on some clone, and I will uh, answer the door. 
Yeah, uh, you uh, do you uh, go down or wait yeah, for sure. the chauffeur? Yeah. Sure. Uh, the chauffeur, a distinguished uh, elderly fellow standing in front, uh, up front of the door. Uh, Miss er- Mrs. Erling is waiting for you in the car. Of course. So he holds uh, the uh, open the door to the car and in, uh, inside sits uh, the beginning 50-ish uh, blonde immaculately dressed uh, woman. Ah, Dr. Prince. So good. so good to see you. You will not believe this. I, I cannot tell you how distressed I am. Uh, and the car, uh, the chauffeur gets into the front of the car and starts uh, driving. I told you about uh, this whole nonsense, the, the call from uh, Dean Gelderman from Göttingen that... Uh, my husband seems to have run naked through the streets on Sunday night. And he seems to have uh, gotten a letter of credit for a, larger, a rather large sum for a banking account. And, and now, now this arrived with the, with the morning mail. And she hands you paper. What, what is this? This is like... Kind of bill or something. Well, uh, Miss Harling, he seems to have an interest in silk flowers. Perhaps it's some some decoration, some project. Yeah, three hundred and ninety marks for silk flowers. What, what is he doing? With, with was his like two two or three thousand silk flowers? Well. Perhaps we could find him and, and get some answers uh, directly from him. Well, that, that, that's a problem. I can't. I can't reach him. He he didn't uh, uh, sh- turn up in Hanover where she, he should be by now. And I don't know where he is this. He's definitely gone uh, gone insane. Prince, you. This is what. This is what I've been waiting for. You. You will. We will finally be able to prove that uh, that he's insane in this this whole nonsense uh, uh, we have to you have to find out what <clears throat> what this this is all about and uh, we're going to this uh, uh, his uh, assistant this uh, what do you call lack this uh, you've seen him before this smallish fellow he 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 does his paperwork and uh, and stuff maybe maybe he knows something well, uh, Ms. Early, let's not uh, jump to conclusions at this point. Perhaps it's some sort of temporary illness of some sort. But yeah, sure, of course, I will do what I can to um, to, to 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 track him down. Rip. Put that one in the okay. Bills in there. Yeah, and you drive through the streets of Berlin. And you pull up uh, to another uh, uh, to another uh, living uh, uh, building, uh, not really as nice as yours. You, you live in like an upper middle class area, 
and uh, this is uh, rather shabby uh, area you uh, you by uh, you entered and uh, the chauffeur opens the the back of, uh, of the car and helps uh, Mrs. Erling out. She basically pushes his arm uh, away. I can get out of the car myself. Thank you. Oh, and here she has a note, uh, a piece of paper in her hands. And like, where's this? I, I think that it's in the, uh, through the courtyard. We'll have to go there. I'll step out of the car and I mm. will uh, uh, grab Miss Harling's arm and escort her to the destination. Yeah. Um, it's like a pretty shabby courtyard uh, between two bu- uh, two buildings and uh, kids are playing uh, in yeah, more or less filthy racks. And, oh, dear. Uh, well, basically it's... Uh, a normal scene from uh, lower class uh, Berlin life. And you walk up to, uh, uh, to a door and there are a couple of signs uh, next to the door, but there are no bells. The, the door stands ajar. And one of the signs uh, you recognize the name Hans uh, Luck. You know that's the the research assistant of Professor Erling. Have I? Has my character met him? Uh, you have met him at the Erling's house. He was. You've seen him once or twice, but you didn't really take notice of him. Like, you said the door was open, slightly yeah. ajar. Okay. Well, yeah, it looks like it has no real lock. It's like uh, it enters into the hallway and uh, 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 sta- uh, to the stairways. Okay, I'll knock on the door and shout, uh, Mr. Lack. How early is it? Well, it's like 11 o'clock. You have, uh, you have uh, basically slept in. Your apartment is on the first floor. So the door you're standing before is just to the hallway of the building. You'll have to get up the uh, the staircase. Before, uh, right. So you push out, uh, open the door, and you look into uh, like wooden uh, into a small hallway, and there's a wooden uh, staircase leading up on the left side. That, so yeah, you know, to knock on my apartment, you'll have to go upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then we'll we'll head upstairs. Yeah. Hmm. Mrs. Erling is like, oh my God, how can one live like this? Um, you're standing in front of the door and you're knocking? Yep. Yeah, you had a, I think, uh, did you sleep in? You didn't have anything to do today. so Yeah, certainly if it's at all a holiday. I, I'll probably be at the in the kitchen in an undershirt and pants having coffee at, at 11 o'clock. And surprised yeah. to hear a knock on the door. Is there a peephole? Uh, no. All right. Uh, who is it? Uh, this is Mr. Prince. I'm here with uh, Mrs. Mrs. Erling. Oh, oh. It's a bit of an uh, emergency. 
Right. Oh, just uh, one moment. Sorry. And I'll hurry into the bedroom and pull on a button-down shirt and tuck it into my pants. Um, and uh, uh, Frau Erling, uh, uh, Prince, come in. Sorry, the place is I wasn't expecting. Is something... Wait. Is professor? You can say that. When did you last hear of my husband? It's a Thursday? I don't know. When did I? Um, basically, a week ago on Monday when he left for his, uh, right, he was going his lecture time. tour. He, he's on a, he went on a lecture tour from, uh, leading from Berlin down to Munich and then uh, from Munich to, what did I say? Uh, let me see. Uh, from Munich to Frankfurt, then Göttingen, Hanover, and Le uh, Hamburg. And he he has been away f since last Monday, and you uh, expect him back next Monday. Yeah, so I, I didn't hear from him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to. He's, uh, what, uh, Göttingen now or something? Come again? I didn't expect to hear from him. He's somewhere on the tour. He might be in Göttingen now or something. Yeah, he should be in Hanover by uh, by now, but he, he seems to have gone insane. What I want, what I want from you, is that you get into uh, his office and look through his uh, his papers, and you'll stay there until I or uh, Doctor Prince will uh, call upon you mm -hmm. and give you further instruction. I I have to know what he's been up to lately you understand uh i i understand i don't know that it's properly my place to go and look through his things I, I think i can you receive your your salary out of the pocket of my husband and i can i am very well in the right to tell you what you have to do for the uh, this salary uh, am i right or do you want discontinue your engagement? Um, uh, I think you know we can we can come to understanding. I think without uh, threats, um, I I I will go and uh, look through uh, the doctor's recent paperwork if you think there's something of import there. But I would like to speak to him as well. Yeah, do we know where he's staying? I would Hanover? like to. Yeah. Do you have? Do you know where in Hanover he's to stay? Uh, he he was to uh, maybe it's in the office. There'll be some yeah yeah look at work yeah uh, very well uh, uh, Frau Erling. I will go to the university. Um, so she that. she basically turns around on the on the doorstep and uh, walks out. Uh, uh, Prince, come with me. Oh, of course, Miss Erling. I'll kind of smile at Mister Lack and head out the door. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well-trained puppy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, she basically storms out of the building back in, uh, into the car. Yeah, I'll well, sit down and finish my coffee. <laughs> well, Prince, I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop you off at your place. You, you have those. Uh, didn't you have any contact with some? Uh, 
what they call those private investigating types. Uh, we we need help in this. I I, I fear. Yes, I know a private investigator by the name of uh, Mr. Henning. He's a very quality individual. I'm sure he would provide some assistance. Yeah, uh, set up a meeting uh, with him, and I I can't stress this enough. It, this this has to be handled delicately. Of course. I, I can't have any more uh, talk about my person. Of course, I'm sure uh, the detectives will handle it with the utmost uh, discretion. Yeah. So she basically drops you off uh, at your place and uh, tells you that she'll, uh, that you're to call her when you set up a, me- a meeting and then get the uh, the uh, uh, the Mr. Lack as well that the, uh, that you can uh, meet with uh, with uh, the investigator and uh, discuss what uh, what's there. Okay. So do I have do I have like a phone number for the detective? Yeah, you you have you have a phone, uh, phone number for the PI service. And um, you try to call them? Sure. Uh, yeah. Grab, grab uh, pick up the phone. And, yeah. But they don't answer. You Basically, what, uh, what happens is uh, that you uh, uh, try multiple times over the course uh, of the day to reach them. Uh, you know, they are not always in, so and they don't have a... a se- um, a secretary or anything, answering machines aren't invented by now. <clears throat> Someone should get on that. Do I know where their <laughs> office is located? Yeah, you know, you know where uh, their office is not, uh, located. Is it, is it nearby? Could I get over there? You, you could uh, basically walk, uh, walk there. Okay. Or you, can set, or you can send them a, a note that they should call you. This what you usually would do. I'll, I'll walk over there and I'll be prepared to leave a note if they're, if yeah. they're not there. Yeah. Well, they, they don't seem to be in okay. the, the office door. So there's a sign that says close for the holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I will, on, out on business. <laughs> I will leave a note uh, and uh, mm-hmm. asking Detective uh, Henning to contact me immediately about an important uh, case and I'll leave my uh, leave my name and number yeah anything else you want to do uh, until they contact you um, can't really think of anything no I don't think so yeah okay well it's, basically it's a brought a, a woman who's uh, who asked you to peek into her husband it's not not like the only reason why you're considering this whole thing is because she's your main client. <laughs> right. And she asked Mr. Lack to go to his office at the university. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, would you, uh, uh, we can ju- uh, jump to uh, uh, Hans Lack uh, for a moment and you get to the university at the, uh, uh, you know, the office, you, ha- you have the keys uh, to uh, Erling's uh, office. And 
you have always been in his confidence and he, you did research on the origins of uh, the Grimm's fairy tales. But over the last weeks, uh, the professor got a bit strange. He was getting more and more <clears throat> uh, closed up. And he started to exclude you from stuff. You, know, you think that he found some new docu documents he kept from you. Um, and, but you think he, he took them with you most likely. Mm -hmm. But if he's excited uh, in, in working on something, he wouldn't necessarily leave it behind. But this is an opportunity I've been handed to poke around a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, uh, you know, first things first, I'm going to look for his itinerary, what hotel he's staying in. Things He probably has some kind of schedule on his desk. Well, he usually keeps uh, um, um, a, a schedule in a, like a leather-bound uh, book uh, calendar. But he keeps it with him. Uh, but uh, you, on his desk, you find um, like a list with the hotel bookings, and you see that he. Um, let me see. Um, that uh, he was booked on Tuesday the 11th in the Hotel Golden Lion in Hanover. Before that, on Sunday the 9th, he was booked uh, with um, let me see. Um, no, you don't have uh, you don't have a name for a hotel for Göttingen. It just says book uh, lodging with the university mm. and for friday the 14th he would be booked in hamburg at the hotel hanseatic mm. so i won't be able to reach him until tomorrow in all likelihood since he could be anywhere at the university. It's not as though I can call a switchboard. Mm. Exactly. Um, but that's good. I'll be able to speak to him tomorrow in all likelihood. Um, so uh, I guess I'll systematically start looking through recent papers. I you know, have a sense of where he, what his work flow looks like. Yeah, you you actually find uh, some uh, stuff. One thing you do find as you look uh, through things, the transcript uh, he made for his lecture, he was go uh, going to ho uh, hold. Uh, linguistics or motif research, fairy tales and myths in the crossfire of Germanic scholarship. Dear Dean, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to, I'm pleased by having been offered the opportunity to speak to you this evening in the venerable halls of this venerable university on a problem that has occupied my research work in the field of German fairy tales and legends for years. Generally, in our scientific field, 
the occupation with such trivial subjects is only considered justified if it serves Germanistic or linguistic interests. But it is downright ridiculous to assume that innumerable generations of people would have taken the trouble of an oral tradition in the past solely in order to provide scholars of our time with research material about the distribution and development of the verbs sweep and brush, for example. It would rather seem not even one of our fairy tales would have survived to the present day if countless people had not found them worthy of being retold for their content. In an epoch in which doctors are finally beginning to deal with the content of our fantasies and dreams, fairy tale research must therefore not stand back from finally turning to motif research and considering the events reported in legends and myths as, even if distorted, images of a once experienced reality. The linguistic research in its traditional sense has in this context, context to be considered as no more than a scientific auxiliary, to dis auxiliary discipline. At this point, they will have, to, they will have to carry Goldman down the aisle, his handwritten the notes. The arrogant bastard. Oh, and Eusebius is pissed about something. Uh, the lecture continues that even the forefather of our discipline, the great Jacob Grimm, had considered himself with this problem. I would now like to demonstrate by means of an example of my most recent research, ah, which are based on letters that I discovered only recently in the Prussian State Archive in Berlin. Through the kind help of an archivist there, it was even possible for me to borrow these important documents written by G's own hand for a short time. So I am now able to present them to you following my lecture in the original as proof of my thesis. And more handwriting. I nearly had to resort to violence with that intern. Somebody never even read the letters. Wagner, maybe? It was at the beginning, it continues. Um, you're used to uh, his handwriting. Right. Uh, uh, there would be a wager. It would be wager. We, oh, I see. I, I, I wager he never even read the letter. Yes, yes. It was the beginning of the last century when J.G., at that time still a young scholar, on a heart's journey, visited, among others, the places Goslar, Seehosen, Husen, Langelsheim, and Luther am Barenberger to gather material for his later famous collections of fairy tales. Fortunately for science, he used to discuss many of his research results, at least in the years 1909 and 10, 1809 and 10, by letter with his younger brother Wilhelm. He had fallen ill with influenza at that time. So that today we have a glimpse into his working process. We shall deal here specifically with a fairy tale which, according to G, was told in one of the small towns he visited with significant and, as he thought, inexplicable deviations from the version known to him and also to us today, the tale of the Frog King. Each of you will certainly be sufficiently familiar with the well-known version of this story from, the, from blissful childhood days. The Hartzer variant differs now, however, from all other versions, essentially by the fact that it completely lacks the 
good ending, this stylistic element, which is otherwise so typical for fairy tales. Furthermore, in the story recorded by J.G. at the edge of the Hearts Mountains, a young girl comes into contact with a magical frog whom she promises to marry in return for the fulfillment of a dream. But when here the union approaches, there is no transformation into a handsome prince, quite the opposite. It is rather the case that the sinister groom, having assumed human form for the performance of the wedding rites, transforms back into a monstrous frog during the consummation of the young marriage. Decency forbids reproducing the exact wording of this tale, since the boundary of shame in this, as in many similar stories from archaic times, still ran thus that it might offend modern moral sensibilities. Suffice it to say, then, that the final transformation of the strange consort into a monster is triggered by precisely that violent hurling against the wall, which, in its well-known version, introduces the happy ending. Here, however, the monstrous husband then only demands his marital duties more vigorously, and finally he drags his unhappy young wife down with him into his own cold undersea realm. The fairy tale ends with the warning not to get involved with those who promise to fulfill one's most secret dreams. How now is this account to be evaluated? Already Jacob Grimm has been unsure about that question, and up to this day, research of the symbolism of dreams and the subconscious, areas of experience which, in my opinion, resemble the world of the fairy tale, is far from being completed. That, however, only a dedicated motive research, motif research can bring clarification here rather than linguistic investigation of the question whether our frog prince was now at home in a well or a pond should hopefully have become obvious. I thank you for your attention. That's a bombshell. That is basically the the most interesting thing uh, about his research that you uh, that you can find. There's lots of uh, background stuff concerning it. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave copies of those grim letters. He took all of that material with him. You can uh, can find one. Okay. And it essentially says um, that. Um, but you can do a spot hint f- uh, for me. Hmm. Forty-eight. Oh, I have a lot of luck. I will spend eight to make that successful. Okay. So, in that case, um, the office has often uh, obviously been cleaned uh, while he uh, he was away. Like the waste ba- uh, basket is empty and everything, mm-hmm. but. Under the desk next to the wastebasket, you find a crumpled up uh, piece of paper. So he was going to throw this out. Uh, okay, it's a, it's a letter he received from Academic Journal's Publishing House, the Editorial Office for Myth and Language from Frankfurt, 427. So... Uh, a couple of weeks ago. My dear Professor Erling, 
It is with great regret that I have to inform you herewith that I do not see any chances for a publication of your article on fairy tales in its present form. The unanimous rejection of your theses by all the experts consulted also prompts me to the well-meant advice that you, for your part, should hold back more than before with unproven theses and polemics. The discovery of new documents of Grimm's scientific work, if the letters mentioned by you really prove to be genuine, would be truly spectacular and glorious enough that you have preferred to sully this historically, philologically important find by the urge for personal self-portrayal, I consider for my part only hardly excusable. Hmm. However, should you change your mind and decide to give consent to an uncommented publication of the documents you have found, please let me know. Yours faithfully, Dr. Philosophy Hans Linde, editor. Well, it's pretty stern. So basically, you you spend the whole day looking through this uh, uh, the office of your boss, mm-hmm. and we'll switch to the other three characters. Sorry, it took so long. Um, so, Carl Henning, Daniel Lieberman, and Walter von Arenberg, you have been on a nice day out. Business isn't uh, too heavy uh, right now, so you took the day off. And with uh, Daniel's friend, uh, Walter, visiting... How long? Too many windows open. Kind of walking in the park, and then... Uh... Out yeah, nice um, lunch and we do some dinner. It's always a good time when the Walter can cover most yeah. of the food. <laughs> and why don't we go back to my uh, friends? Why don't we go back to my office now that it's getting late and uh, have a little drink? And uh, we can talk to you about some of the you're very interested in some of our cases. We haven't had a new one in like two, like a few weeks, but yeah, yeah, but we got some really good old ones. Oh, yeah. I'd love to read through them. It's uh, but perhaps not all night. Let us well, also no, we won't stay up all night until later tonight. I mean, we got we kind of got work tomorrow, but uh, it was nice to have the day off. I hope nobody was trying to call us all day while we were out <laughs> walking about. And, uh, but you know, not everybody takes a vacation. But you got to do that once in a while. Yeah, and you you get back to the to the office, and as you oh. open the door, there's a note. Stop from uh, from uh, Mr. Prince. Oh, him again? Yeah, what's he want? Apparently, he's very urgent. I'll give him a phone call. <laughs> yeah, your phone rings. Uh, I'll pick up the phone. Uh, hello. I'm, a, I'm Mr. Prince. This is um, Carl Henning. Uh, I just got your note. We were out all day because of the holiday. Oh, Detective what, Henning, thank you for getting back to me uh, what can I do so for quickly. You? Yes, yes. A, uh, a dear friend of mine is uh, in need of some assistance. Seems her husband has gone missing. Mm-hmm. She's concerned about his mental health. Um, she's, she asked me to arrange a meeting um, with myself and your team. And I believe uh, one of her husband's students is expected to be there as well. Oh, okay. 
Um, but we got nothing going tomorrow. If you want to set something up for, let's say, um, 10 a.m. Uh, that sounds splendid. Um, where, where do you want to meet? Do you want to come here? Wait. Um, Brian, uh, the Miss er uh, Elling uh, was pretty... Uh, uh, pretty firm on she wanted to meet today. Oh, did she say today? Yeah. Um, well, uh, Mr. Henning, uh, my uh, my friend is uh, wants to uh, have this meeting um, today. If that's if that's acceptable to you. Well, it's late afternoon. What time is it? Well, it's like Probably evening. Four or five uh, five o'clock in the afternoon. It's a holiday, sir, but. Uh... Um, who is the, who is the client? Uh, she's the wife of a local uh, professor. Uh, professor Erling is um, the man who has gone missing. Professor Erling. Um, hold on just a moment. So, they so want to meet today. You want to sit around the office and wait? What's what? What's the case about? Maybe it could it's be interesting missing, for me missing as well. Professor, his wife is concerned that he's missing. Fair with some sweet little I'm frown line. Sure, that's but, true. Um, I remember the one time. Uh, I remember that one time where it was just he wanted that one guy that wanted just wanted to paint the mountains for like two weeks yeah. straight. But I got him on the phone. Do you want him? Can he come over? Bring her over? Uh, unless she has like a place she wants to be. Why not? It's the office. Yeah, come over. Bring her over. Yes, let me, uh, thank you, Detective. Let me uh, get in touch with her, and uh, we will... Yeah, give uh, us a call back. Of course. We'll be here. Course. We'll be here. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so do I have a contact for uh, Ms. Erling? Yeah, sure. You can You can call, uh, call her up. And then she also, wanted, she also wanted Hans Lock there as well, right? Yeah, and he, yeah. She, uh, you've got the... She gave you the number of uh, his... Of Hans, uh, uh, of uh, Professor Elling's office. Okay, then so, I will. Good. I will make the necessary phone calls. Yeah, and so basically, you arrange that uh, you all meet at the detective's office. Okay, so it takes like an hour, hour and a half until uh, all parties are gathered. Hopefully, it's not. Come right in, Mrs. Arling. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the aforementioned stern, blonde-haired uh, woman comes in uh, together uh, with uh, Dr. Prince. And I guess you picked up the, the student. If she's driving, if she's being driven around, the least she yeah. could do is swing by the university and yeah. save me a tram ride. So she she basically storm storms in ahead of the both of you. So yeah, and she looks please, around. Please and, have a seat. Uh, can I get you anything? Water, coffee? I'm not intending to stay that long. She brushes off the the chair you're offering her. Uh, I am oh. uh, I am Carl Henning. This is uh, my assistant, my partner. Uh, Daniel Lieberman, and uh, this is uh, our friend uh, Walter von Ehrenberg. Um, it is a pleasure to meet you, Carl. 
we've, we've worked cases, together to solve a number of very substantial cases. What can we do for you? I was told your husband's missing. Hey, uh, I guess it's best if I, uh, if I start from the beginning. My husband has been acting strangely for quite some time. He's neglecting his, his social duties and... Uh, Basically, it's been horrible uh, for years already, nearly unbearable. Uh, but he's on a lecture tour. He he left on uh, uh, on Monday. I'm sorry, uh, no Monday on uh, on Sunday uh, uh, the ninth, and. He was to be have a tour from uh, Munich over uh, to Frankfurt and then Göttingen, Hanover, and la lastly to Hamburg, and and everything seemed to be in order until this Monday. On Monday, I ref uh, received a call from uh, Dean Gelderman of the Germanistic Faculty of the University of Göttingen, and he told me that he was able to keep my husband's exploits out of the papers, but he, the university was not going to pay his lecture fee and is considering legal steps. It seems that my husband has been running around uh, at night through the streets of Göttingen. I can't even say this. In the nude. Shouting stuff. And since then, he hasn't been seen. May I ask you a few questions for my yes. understanding? Yeah, yeah. Uh, does your man, um, does your husband, uh, does he drink? any excess not that I, that I know of but it, it could be possible does he indulge in any kind of um, recreational drug use I, uh, I hope not so you've never seen him do this at home no no can't you would say, say he's normally a very sober man well he, he unless he's talking about his fairy tale nonsense yeah fairy tale nonsense it's, it's, I mean, he's a, he's a grown man, a professor of, uh, of German language, and he, he occupies his time with studying fairy tales. This, he's a professor. Uh, professor yes, yeah, yeah. a language Com professor. Completely legitimate uh, area of inquiry, of course. Of, of In, course. Oh, Interesting. Um, so... <sighs> Please, please continue. So, so, so the, the next thing I, uh, I get is, uh, is a call on, on Tuesday. And uh, it's from Hanover University where he was supposed to go next. And he didn't even show up there. They, they were inquire, inquiring uh, if everything's all right with him, if anything happened. What was I to say? I don't know what, ha what happened. Well, Frau Erling, perhaps this is a matter not for a private detective, but for the police. If he's been missing since... Are you insane, young man? Not at all. The last uh, thing I want is a public scandal. Uh, I think but we need what to... If he's in danger... I think we need to cover all of our bases. 
he could very well be in the hospital. Yeah. It sounds to me like he may have had some sort of uh, uh, damage. That's exactly what I'm having some mental challenges that that the police are not best suited to help with. Um, I have some training in this area um, and I can uh, assist my friends here. I can assure you too that our our discretion is complete. We won't won't talk to anybody about this. I I really like to hear that. I think you've given us enough information to go on. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Yes, there is something. Then the very next thing is uh, <clears throat> that uh, obviously I was uh, I was pretty concerned, and I then I checked with with uh, a banking house, uh, and I had to learn that he had uh, drawn up a letter of credit for 20,000 marks. What bank and, was that? Hmm? What bank? The, 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 the bank house Koch. Uh, Pascal, well, like in, uh, I guess in like 1926 terms, how much is, tw- how much is like 20,000 marks? For Germany, that's a lot. Yeah. It's like as a, in, to convert it into dollars, it uh, would be uh, like five thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand. Yeah, that's a large sum for just flowers. Five thousand. So, and to have it in today, uh, today's worth is like more times fifteen or something. Yeah. Can I? Can I let me. You. Do they show me the receipt thing for the flowers? Like the invoice. Necessarily, show the detective yeah. that receipt that you uh, that you showed. Yeah, me. Perhaps yeah. he'll find that. Yeah, in. she she has like a a, uh, a folder with her, and he has, uh, my my husband doesn't keep much of his uh, papers uh, at home, but uh, this is what what I found in it's very strange. Uh, in his study, and and there's also a, a bill I received this morning, and she shows you the. The, the flowers, the paper flower bill. Yeah. Um, we will look into this. flowers. What? We'll, we'll look immediately into this tomorrow. Um, uh, I suspect, madam, that uh, he may have uh, suffered some sort of an aneurysm or something in his brain, and he is uh, not acting rationally. In that case, uh, you know, all would be forgiven. I'm sure nobody's going to blame him for, for this. But we need to find him, locate him, uh, probably in a hospital uh, or on the street. We will find him, and we will keep you informed. And we will, uh, we will do our best to figure this whole thing out. Uh, Frau Herring, was was he uh, driving, or was he taking the train, or uh, he, he he was taking the train. He was taking well, the train. And he had no companion with him? No. Frau, Frau Erling, uh, a couple more questions just to help me understand your husband a little better. Um, do you have any children? Uh, yes, we we have a daughter. Uh, well, my husband has a daughter from his... Uh, w- he had a daughter with her, his first wife. Uh, I see. Has Gudrun noticed anything? Hmm? Has, has Gudrun noticed anything about his behavior? 
Uh, well, my husband, uh, he he was getting more and more erratic, and uh, uh, I know that uh, a couple of weeks ago he took all of the uh, uh, of the fairy tale books we have at, uh, at the house, and he uh, he locked them away in a study. Most unusual. Was your daughter, was his daughter visiting at that time, by any chance? Well, well she's living with us. Oh, she's, she's only 17. Uh-huh. Well, what do you think where she lives? Uh, well, I, I wasn't sure since you said she was the daughter of a previous marriage. I thought maybe she was living with her mother. Is his ex-wife still alive? Uh, no, she's, uh, she died. Mm-hmm. Any, okay. Thank you. Uh, uh, did, did the, never uh, mind. Continue. Sorry, Frau Erlang, the, uh, the bill for the silk flowers, were they delivered somewhere? Did they go to the house? Did they go... Uh, no, I just got this this, this uh, bill in the, in the ma- in morning mail. Wouldn't there be like actual crates of... I guess we can find possible crates 30, of flowers 3,500 silk flowers don't... Uh... Don't just disappear. No. Is there some... Uh, uh, Local event, carnival, fair on the on the calendar. I mean, well, but why uh, would he order them for here if he's out? Have <clears> they been delivered? Location. Yeah, where were they supposed to be delivered to? Invoice well, actually say does your husband uh, smoke a cigar, perhaps, or cigarettes? Hmm? Does your husband smoke? Well, of course he smokes. What does he prefer, cigarettes or cigars or? A uh, cig- uh, he's a pipe smoker. Pipe uh. smoker, uh, of course, makes sense. Oh, about, I'm deceased. What do you think? Is there anything I can help you with? Otherwise, but if there are any more questions, uh, just um, let me know through. Uh, by uh, Dr. Prince, he'll, he'll assist yeah. you. You can do you, find... do you have an electric telephone in your residence? Uh, yeah, we, we have a, of course, we have a telephone. Uh, you write that down and for I, me so I, I want get... to stress again, I don't really, I couldn't care less what people in the uh, in those backward water areas like like in Gutting, who's who goes there anyhow uh, uh, says about uh, about my husband but i won't stand a scandal here in berlin so i need to stress that we have to uh, that you have to uh, use the utmost discretion absolutely we'll do our utmost best okay. to then, step through gentlemen and she gets up Oh, actually, uh, yeah. Uh, here earlier, before you go, if you can, could you contact the people that sent you the invoice to find out where they sent all those flowers? Let us. Let us. Wait, so if we That's your them. job. What, what do you think I'm going to pay you for? <laughs> and leave. And she, she just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it normal for an invoice to not send to a location? I, uh, I tell Joseph before he leaves what our fee is so that he knows. Well, you, she leaves. She, she, 
I'll tell she her. She just lawyer. walks out. The, the, re- yeah. the rest of you can stay if, the, if you like. No, I'm. I, I'm. Uh, well, I thought Joseph was probably going to. I'm, I'm sure she's uh, good for whatever your fee is, detective. Yeah. Uh, this is quite strange, but um... well, he's clearly slipped into the oral stage of psychosexual development. Mm. Um, I think we'd at least it's worth checking I guess the last place in his lecture tour that he showed up in if he showed up at all Well, we yes we know that he was at Göttingen and that that's where there was trouble I know where he's supposed to be uh, when he arrives at Hamburg tomorrow, but that won't be until tomorrow if he was supposed to take a train I guess we can also see if anyone even saw him there at the train that day do you uh as professional detectives, do you have contacts at train stations, or is that the sort of thing that happens only in fiction? No, not necessarily. But it varies. Can, we can go there and see if he's purchased a ticket and uh, showed his identification. Well, you, you, you can't go all around the country and just look at his split. Um, the one thing that's bothering me the most is the whole artificial flower thing. I mean, if if he had a woman on the side. And uh, and I look over at the door where she's left, and I uh, I'm like, not so sure that's not out of the question. Um, Don't think he needs enough for like an entire festival. Yeah, why would he buy artificial flowers? He'd buy some nice. Well, you're thirty-five. I'm surprised you can even buy thirty-five hundred silk flowers. I mean, that must be. More like than from a, a shop. shop or something. I don't know. It sounds yeah. like it's like multiple shops you have to buy out. You know, they would probably know all about it at the shop because who comes in and orders that kind of stuff? I guess, yeah. I guess. Does the invoice say where it was the, the uh, store? It was? Or was it just the invoice? The, the name, yes. The and, and perhaps you could phone them, Carl. Well, it's a holiday and it's it's late, so I don't think they're going to be. This was there. yesterday, so I guess we'll have to test tomorrow. The, their phone may ring and not be answered. Yeah. You got back to the Frau today. Maybe they. I mean, maybe people are buying flowers for Father's Day. It's late in the evening, folks. Father's Day is over. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Um, you can call if you want. That's still the the folder with papers she uh, she left. Skimming the folder, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Let's have a look through these papers. So who's taking who's taking a look? Well, there are. I, I sit down at my desk. I'll hand. I'll hand them over to to uh, Daniel. Naben yeah, Gesicht. Uh, well, there seems to be quite a lot of uh, uh, of scientific mumbo jumbo about wordings and. Uh, historical meaning of places but uh so you can't really t- make hats or tails uh of it and locked uh you worked under this man right yes i've worked with the professor could for you make, years could you make do of any of this is anything unusual well, as you flip through most of it is uh, like handwritten notes of uh, of his which would account for people having trouble reading it. Um, but you find one thing that's quite interesting, you think. 
the it seems to be a, a typewritten transcript of a letter. Oh my, something very personal. Oh, uh, oh, good heavens, it's from the Grimm's. I can't believe, okay, 18th of May, 1810. Oh, Wilhelm, my Wilhelm, how close joy and sorrow lie together in this land abandoned by God and reason. Was not my last letter still brimming with enthusiasm about the legends and fairy tales that we were able to collect in Goslar, in Lagelsheim, Seehosen, in Luther, on Barenberger, and especially about the interesting variations of the oral recountings in one of those places? But now, after I stopped there again on the way back together with my companion to do more research, only disgust and black despair remain in my heart. One of us will never return. Oh, my dear Wilhelm, I still do not know how to break it to you. But Friedrich, our Fritze, is dead. And his death was not a natural one. How could it be in a light of 19? His death was violent. And at the same time, it was so bizarre that I... The Lord be my witness, will probably never find out in my lifetime why my good young assistant had to die and who is to blame for it. But perhaps the blame also lies with me. Oh, I still remember exactly that very moment when a pale red-haired student knocked on my door one morning and asked whether the learned Master Grimm needed an assistant for his travels and research. It turned out that this early orphaned boy had been referred to me by his aunt. She probably thought, the good soul, that someone should take care of the somewhat lost-looking boy. Now our work was to become the guiding star of his young life, and Fritz was an inquisitive student. But where, I ask you, did this finally lead him? Upon our return to the place in question, we had again taken up quarters in the old mill, on the one hand because the small town lacked a decent inn, and on the other hand, because the spinsterish, unmarried sister of our landlord was a veritable encyclopedia of local tales and legends, which she was only too happy to share. On the evening of our arrival, though, there were no fairy tales, and so Fritz and I agreed to do a little stroll through the fields before dinner, past the mill pond and the other tiny meadows that are so numerous out here on the other side of town, and that probably once gave the place its name. Soon, however, Fritz stayed behind on a bench to rest in the warm evening sun and probably also take a nap. I, on the other hand, had planned to walk around the nearby, next nearby lake. Oh, would I only have stayed at his side? I was just on the opposite side of the lake when I heard him scream. Although I rushed towards him immediately, it seemed to take me forever to reach Fritz. Reeds and undergrowth obscured my view. All the time, however, I heard these cries, together with the noise of battle. The voice of the lad was filled with anguish. Why did you come back? He kept shouting. Why did you come back? Only once I could understand what his murderer answered him. I take it upon my oath. It was so that I can eat you better. It seemed to me at first to be the voice of an old woman, but if I think about it now, it could also have been the disguised voice of a man. When I finally arrived at the scene of the gruesome event, it was already too late. Fritzen's pulses and his bowels were shredded, 
and he bled to death there on that miserable field at my arms without recognizing me. But alas, there was no trace of his murderer. Such big teeth, he was still whimpering. This bloody bundle of a man that had been my comrade, such big teeth. And there had been this disgusting fishy smell hanging heavily in the air. The forearms of the young man had been literally mauled by bite wounds. And on his upper body, throat and face, there were traces of terrible claws. Obviously, he had defended himself with equally desperate means with teeth and fingernails against his attacker, but all in vain. The local gendarmerie chalks up this murder to an accident. And the only constable here, a sleepy, nondescript man, speaks incessantly of a rabid dog that must have attacked my companion while he was still half asleep. The latter also explains the confused speeches I thought to have heard. What a fool. A blind man could see that Fritzen's wounds could not possibly have been caused by an ordinary animal. But instead of investigating their efforts in the clarification of such misdeeds, our good police rather takes to political spying. In general, the whole cursed city seems to be more interested in the preparation of the next folk festival than in the capture of a fugitive murderer. Since there is a possibility to bury Friedrich in accordance with the rites of his faith, I have decided to have him buried here in the Jewish cemetery tomorrow at the age of only 19 years. I implore you to get well again, Wilhelm, get well soon. In deep mourning, your loving brother, Jakob Grimm. Well, oh, that was tale. a that was a morbid endeavor. Yes, um, I noticed an odd thing about it, though. Besides mm-hmm. everything, I mean, the attacker was speaking like Red Riding Hood. Yeah, it's a uh, bigger than each of it. And also, it was like the it was like a man dresses a woman, an old woman, or uh, not seen, but yes, a voice that was hard to tell. I mean, I'm is this part of a story this writing? Or... No, it sounds like it was an account that... I can tell you that Professor uh, recently found some other uh, correspondence between the Grimm's uh, that was languishing in a, in a library unnoticed. Is that what his tour was about? Hmm? Is that what his, his tour, tour was about? His, his, he is lecturing on that, yeah. Um, hmm. And... Uh, variations of uh, the story of the frog prince that he's found in another one, but he took most of that material with him. He also, um, if he has, if he is in emotional distress, it might have something to do with uh, some professional setbacks. He tried to publish thoughts on these matters and was rebuffed kind of unpleasantly. He has been under strain of late, you show them the the other note, the the uh, re- uh, rejectal note. Yeah. If they, yeah, I mean, I've, I've described it. If they express interest, I, I have a little folder with those papers in them. Sure. Uh, it sounds like a man who was given to some rather imaginative uh, research. Um, it's it was a very original scholar. Yeah. Yeah, but if he was rejected so much, possibly by his own choices, uh, it may have driven him a little cuckoo, you know. 
it sounds like he's had a breakdown. I think it's probably as simple as that. It's a great mystery. We just need to find him. Is the Possibly location mentioned in the letter near to where the professor would have been? Huh. Hmm? Do you think well, he was trying to do private research and he went a little missing? Um, and also, the the letter was written the 10th of May and said that there's an upcoming folk festival. Is there something we would know about that um, really Wait, well, letter? Over 100 years letter ago. was 1800s. I know, but the yeah. month is very near to the month and day or very near to today. Basically, you know that uh, this time of the year, um, uh, many of the, uh, especially of the, uh, of the smaller uh, German uh, communities have folk festivals. Yeah, it's a good time of year. It's flowers are blooming. Um I say our first our first business order of business tomorrow. We'll do some phone calls, but we should catch a train maybe to the 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 place where he was running naked. Ask some questions. See if we can trace him from there where he went. Well, certainly, detective. If you don't want to call a flower shop because it's a holiday, that doesn't stop you from calling a hospital. Those are open all the time. That's true. Yes, we we should see what call. we can get. Yeah. Um. I don't know how open they are about telling us. They might not know who he is. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Do we have a picture of him? I don't. I don't know him. Uh, I guess. Uh, um, I guess uh, Tedlock, you can give a description. Yeah. He would. Well, and 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 Miss Mr. Locke would know if we identify the person. Yeah. Um, well, hey, we can definitely. You know what we can well, do? Uh, we can call she, the hospital, and we can she, have them. Uh, you have a. Uh, she gave you a picture of uh, okay. of him as well. He's yeah. um, quite lean, elderly gentleman with big uh, white side whiskers. Yeah, but no, not really a beard here. Just the big. No, just the the yeah. whiskers. Fun jobs. Well, we can call. Well, how many hospitals are there? Four. <laughs> like that town, likely. We can call you. Uh, I, you can give him um, a description. Um, I certainly know if there's somebody if, who matches who's uh, John Doe. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what the German version of that is. Yeah. Um, Steve uh, asked about the locations uh, man, uh, mentioned in the letter, if that's uh, near uh, where he uh, near Göttingen. Yeah. Um, it actually is. Uh, it's um, <clears throat> Basel of the Hearts is uh, a little distance from uh, the Hearts Mountains is a little distance from Göttingen, but uh, it's not that far. But it's... if Göttingen was where he was running around naked, and that's probably where they would incarcerate him and put him as a hospital. So let's try there first. Yeah. Well, I find something else, but so you're doing find any... crates of flowers. So you're doing anything this uh, this night? We'll, we'll call the hospitals. Okay. Yeah, just give us anyone fits the description. Um, who's calling? Well, I'll get out the book. I'll make the call though. That's fair. Well, uh, well, basically, you you have to call the uh, within Berlin. You you have the phone numbers uh, already, but uh, for long distance, you have to go uh, the operator. Yeah. Through, uh, through an operator and you get patched uh, through and it takes quite some time yeah and at some point um 
there's uh, the uh, the voice of an elderly woman. Uh, Gutting University Hospital, how, how can I help you? Yes, uh, hello. I'm a... I've, I've been concerned about someone. I'm looking for someone fitting this description recently. Uh, <laughs> how do you do you think I, I would... Uh, is he a patient in our hospital? I, I would possibly believe so, but we are not currently sure. He would uh, have been and, brought in uh, two days ago um, uh, and you might not know, have no idea who he is. Um, He's gone missing. Well, I, I, I'm. It would be an older man <laughs> with uh, the sideburns, large sideburns, the boring uh, hair. I, I can possibly know who's brought in here. This, uh, we're a big hospital. Do you know what in what, uh, what department he would have been? Uh, Probably is a psychiatric department. Oh, well, uh, I can uh, I can uh, try to have an uh, inquiry and um, have somebody get back to you uh, in the morning. Uh, what was your name again? Uh, this is the office of Carl Henning. Uh, I'm a private detective, and here's the number. Number. Yeah. You tell him, Berlin. Well, I, I'll, uh, I'll have the uh, uh, the uh, office of the uh, psychiatry. Uh, I have them have a note, but I don't know if they uh, they can give this kind of information on the phone. We're uh, we're working for his wife. She's looking for him. So my guess is that he would be unidentified. Um, Okay, so um, I I try to have you uh, have you call back uh, tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. So my faith in the human race is slowly diminishing into nothingness. It's very. She didn't care, or she really just didn't want us to. She really didn't want to be doing anything tonight. She didn't want to be bothered. There's human life in at stake here, but we'll probably end up going there and finding him. And if we don't, well, I guess we'll have to ask more questions, which is just going to be more time. We might find him faster if we were there. How long is a train ride from uh, Berlin to, to there? Oh, it's what will be is like. Something like four or five hours. Not that bad. We'll leave in the morning. We'll get there by lunch. Hmm. Like I said, late lunch. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do tonight? I, I am, I'm pretty tired. We walked around all day. Yeah. We want to um, start about 6 a.m.? Well, more like se uh, 7 or 8. What's, what depends Where'd on the train schedule, from? I assume. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Seven or eight. Eight o'clock. Are we? Uh, are we planning on taking the train, or Probably. are we going to yeah. follow Probably, up yeah. some more? 
If we go to the train, we can also ask when we're there if they ever saw them. So I guess my question is, is are you all in on this? Uh, uh, Mr. Lark, you come to help uh, identify Professor. You know him better than anyone here. Yeah, I'm I mean, if he is in distress, I might be able to comfort him and convince yeah. him. Uh, I'm going to, uh, he's supposed to check in to uh, another hotel tomorrow. Um, so in the morning, I'll call there first because yeah. we don't actually have any, you know, I didn't have an address for him in Göttingen. So right. he, he could, you know, still be at the university, just be. not giving his lecture because he got in trouble. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. And he could be traveling on the train in the morning uh, before I'm going to engage in a lengthy journey. I want to make sure that there's actually something wrong. Yeah, cover every base. Uh, Dr. Prince, you're going to come with us so that if we get into any legal problems? Of course, and Miss Herling is a very dear client of mine. It's, so we want to make sure that uh, we get to the bottom of this. And we're all fed not to speak to anybody outside this group about the details. No press, especially yellow press. <laughs> she hates the yellow press. They'd eat this up if they learned that a man was running around naked in the town. Well, my guess is we, we, we might be able to find him that way. Somebody probably saw the naked man running Someone around. Had it. Where did he run? Where did he go? <laughs> well, obviously somebody reported it because somebody yeah. said there was a naked man running around. They also said he was like screaming nonsense, which means like he something. Better if he was talking about the fairy tales if I I find this a fascinating case I, I want to speak to this man about his regression into clearly his childhood quite interesting yeah hopefully it's interesting most likely it's just gonna be like oh there he is let's take him home you are some sort of um, analyst from oh, Ehrenberg I I'm sorry I haven't introduced myself no I I, I dabble I, I, mm -hmm. I'm very interested in the workings of the human mind, and I have I've been learning quite a bit recently um, and uh, uh, attempting to apply some of the practice with my friends here. Walter oh. used to be um, uh, Daniel's uh, uh, commanding officer in the, in the war. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Ever since then, we've just kept in touch. He's, uh, always, he's, always, he's helped sometimes with like consoling more uh, difficult people. <laughs> the Professor Erling's uh, writings, papers on the uh, folk story might be of interest to you as well. They, you know, they describe oh, uh, definitely. fundamental. I, I, mm -hmm. Yeah, I have his description, his, his uh, lecture talking about uh, the motifs and in, in studying that uh, the keys to human nature, I, I find fascinating. Uh, I, not only am I fascinated by this potential descent and regression into childhood, but also to speak to the to the professor about his ideas. So, as like I kind of skim through the uh, paper on the like the written out lecture, it's interesting that I'm noticing a weird trend about fairy tales, a very localized version of fairy tales that involve very violent actions upon people. I'm wondering if that's a trend. 
of the original collection of Grimm stories. Uh, you know, the Grimm's themselves kept making them gentler and more Christian as they published them because mm-hmm. they were fairly shocking, a lot of them to begin with. Yeah, what did they do to them? Children killed and bones, you know, buried children growing into trees. Queens with red hot uh, metal slippers put on their feet. Yeah, quite violent Uh, stories. Think about the violence of medieval life. Yeah. Perhaps, you know, I don't know if it would give us an insight. Perhaps I haven't read a a fairy tale in, you know, since I was a very small child. um, there was definitely something about it. Felt very much like you say, uh, uh, grandmother's house with uh, what big teeth you have. Maybe there's something more. Maybe we should reread some of those stories and see if it maybe means. Maybe it's not like. Is there that might... was a letter from one of the Grimm brothers? Maybe it's an origin for his version of it, but I don't think that connects. Well, no, but I'm thinking that the professor has been studying them and he may, you know, be looking for the three bears and Goldilocks and there might be, you know, we might end up finding him in a yellow house and because he's, as uh, you are uh, discussing, there's a knock on the door. Who's coming with this late at night? Go to the door. They're like almost seven now. Yeah. Who is this? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, did you lock the door or? No, it's uh, my office door is not usually locked. So uh, the, do- the door is uh, slowly open and a petite, blonde, young woman. Gudrun. Uh, like, exactly. You, uh, two of you immediately um, See that's Gudrun Erling, the the daughter of the professor. It's like blonde curls over uh, uh, that fall to her shoulders. She's very uh, wearing in a, a nice uh, de- uh, dress, and she can uh, she steps inside the office. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, uh, Doctor Prince uh, Hans. Uh, I didn't know you were here. Yes, did you know that Yolanda was here? Uh, yeah, I, I I overheard my mother that she had this appointment, and I figured you you would be looking for my father, right? Of course. That's right. Have well, you noticed anything recently that worries you? Any strange behavior? Well, y- yes, yes, that, that's. And she's she seems very scared and shaken. And I Lieberman, can you get her a glass of water, please? I can do that. Oh, oh, oh thank you. Yeah. Here you go. Please, Frau, um, take a seat. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Well, you know, I my mother doesn't know. Uh, uh, my stepmother doesn't know that I'm uh, that I'm here, and I don't think she would she would approve. But I'm really not. Uh, she looks at at, at, uh, at Dr. Prince. Um, I, I really don't know how, if she's all that interested in really helping my father. Uh, she seemed uh, quite interested when we spoke to her earlier today. Um, 
Well, you see, my father, he was, he was kind of erratic lately. And um, he, he even took away all, uh, all my, my fairy tale books. He, he gave those to me as, uh, uh, as presents of, uh, uh, since I was a small child and, he just locked them all away and said something like they were never meant for children. And That's a terrible thing to say to a young lady such as yourself. And when, when I said farewell to him at the train station, I, he said something that he has taken every precaution. And I felt something under his coat. I, I something hard and heavy i don't know it could have been a gun i I didn't even know my father owned uh, uh, a pistol or anything but what else could have been excuse me miss uh, do you think that your father may have suffered some kind of a mental uh breakdown because of his uh work (sighs) I don't. I don't know. He he, he seemed in a, to be in a lot of stress lately. But but he was always uh, also very eager, and he was very enthusiastic that he f- found something. Uh, 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 he was talking about a breakthrough he he was about to discover. But he didn't discuss that with you. Uh, no, but, uh, he didn't. But which is unusual because he often told me things from his work, as far as I could understand it. Well, we've told your stepmother that we are going to do everything we can to find your father and return him to you safe and sound. Yes. What is what is what is what is your favorite fairy tale, if I may ask? Oh, uh, my my. Uh, it's uh, uh, um, ah. Snow White. Snow White, yes, of course. Well, and but, but I think I should I should leave now. Now my if my mother finds out that I'm here, uh, my stepmother finds out that I'm here, and I'll be in a, in a lot of trouble. Is she mean towards you? Uh, well, we we never get we never got along very well. She's quite cold to me. Yes. How how old was your father when he remarried, or how old were you when your father remarried? Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. Never mind. I was. Uh, um, eight. I, I was eight. eight. <laughs> uh, young Gooder, you should hurry home before your stepmother gets too worried. Uh, yeah. We will. We will uh, look for your father. Yes, rest uh, assured, Gooder, and I'll do everything I can. I mean, we'll do everything we can to make thank sure. You. Thank that you so much. Comes home safe. That's she leaves. Very. Yeah, she, she leaves. She has a, a getting... ta- taxi waiting uh, outside. Yeah. Why well, I mentioned Goldilocks and local box through the door right out of the children's <laughs> book.
There's got but, to be something more here. Uh, I, what she said, I had a very strange feeling about uh, the wife. Uh, she seemed a little too ups. What, what are we? I, I hope you understand. I, I think you understand if your client's a bit, maybe not obsessive, but maybe just a bit demanding. But that's She's not important. Her, her husband is missing. What, how do you expect her, the, uh, the, the woman to act? Well, she seemed very concerned about her public image, not his concern. She didn't even consider that he might be in the hospital. Oh. I think it's a good idea. What do you know about her, Mr. Prince? Uh, did she come from money or did uh, does she require him to make some money and she spends it? I, I don't mean to sound insulting. Uh, uh, they are um, both, both well off. Uh, the professor is a very uh, esteemed uh, professor in his field. The, uh, what do you know? What you know is that, uh, well, Yolanda Erling wasn't poor when she married him, but um, the the bulk of the money uh, in this relationship came from uh, Erling's first uh, wife. Mm. He, uh, he inherited uh, uh, quite some uh, properties uh, in Berlin uh, uh, from uh, from his first wife. And that's basically uh, where the wealth of the family is coming from. Dr. Prince, uh, when the daughter marries, will she um, take possession of that property? Uh, I believe she is the only heir, yes. Only as but long when as... she marries, will she, will she gain any property from the family, from her mother's estate? Um... Jim, do I, do I, am I, uh, um, that's, you know, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you know about the financial situation. Um, Mrs. Erling would, uh, if uh, Professor Erling dies, would receive um, uh, quite a part uh, of the, uh, of the fortune, um, which is due to her as her wife, uh, as the wife. Um, the daughter uh, would uh, inherit uh, like a quarter uh, of the uh, of the money, and the rest would go to uh, to the wife. But it would be quite diff uh, different if they were divorced, because then, unless she is, uh, she would be divorced um, as innocent party. Right. Uh, uh, then she wouldn't receive anything. If, if she cheated on him, she would get nothing. If he but cheated if, on her, she would get half or something. Or if yeah. he was pronounced insane and impossible of managing his estate. Yeah, and uh, that's actually um, uh, one thing you know uh, uh, that's uh, different in the German law at the time, that insanity would be... Um, uh, would make you the guilty party in a divorce. 
I'm not sure I care for this line of questioning, gentlemen, as if there's some scandal afoot, some plot to assassinate the the Look, professor. He seems to be quite ill, and his Yosef, family seems quite concerned. Yosef, what our job is, regardless of who our client is, is to get to the truth of the matter, to find out what's really going on. And if we find out that he's having an affair, then we'll tell the wife. If we find out that he's not, she's having an affair, she's going to find out that we know. It's, we, we are not concerned whether we like or dislike anyone. We just have to do this. We've promised discretion, and we'll deliver discretion. But we have to, get to, we have to ask all of the hard questions. Well, perhaps we should look into this first uh, before we dive into this reckless accusations of this. We nature. look into all of it, as of course. Can. It's to understand everything at play; otherwise, we might miss something in the process. But I'm very tired now, and I really need some sleep. So I'm still a bit concerned that he purposely brought a weapon with him on his lecture tour. Which we means... don't know that that's what it was. She said she yes, said but... something hard. Mm. Children yeah. is an innocent girl. She's only 17. He's the only family she has. Besides, what would you need a gun for in a lecture? Yeah, unless he's like, was going to go, I guess, wolf hunting in like the hills? None of we got, well, I don't think he had a rifle. If he had a yeah, rifle, I don't, think, I, I don't think you hunt wolf with a handgun. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, the other interesting thing about the the uh, letters in the or the the lecture in the letter is that um, the lecture was talking about a, a different version of the frog king, and the letter mentioned a certain smell that yeah fishy though. I don't think amphibia smell fishy particularly. They were I haven't the sniffed a frog. But it sounds as though, I mean, that whole episode is, seems quite unbelievable. I mean, uh, if we find, I mean, I think it's the only way to like check if that incident actually happened, I guess, is to see if the grave of that young man. The grave might still exist, yeah. But why, we're not going to go. Depends. Yeah. Investigating the grim fairy tale person they're going to find the professor we're not getting yes. paid to find the True. grave of somebody murdered in the 1800s um all right everybody get out of my office uh i'll call uh should i call here when i have checked with the hotel in hamburg just um see, because just, again just... we might find i might find i might speak to him in the morning Call if, if that's how it happens here. Yeah, give me a call. Otherwise, show up and we'll we'll plan what we're going to do immediately after. We'll take um, the midday train to Göttingen. Yeah, I suppose that's best if the hospital calls me in the morning. Very well. I'll uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Good night. Good night. And I lock my door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I head back to my hotel. I'm does um, hotel. does uh, maybe Lieberman, if you want to take, if you're interested, you could take the file with you home. Give it another look through if you want to in the morning. 
Sure. I'm and I have a weird feeling about this, but it probably could be nothing. Her, her lack. Um may I uh, have that folder of uh of the professor's work to to review? Oh, um I, I suppose so. I I have Thank to say, I'm a, a little concerned letting it out of my hands, but, uh, you know, we'll all be meeting tomorrow. Yes, read it again. Thank you, good sir. So you'll call it a, a night. Um, so Hans, you wanted to call up the uh, the hotel in Hamburg? Yeah, he's supposed to be the Hanseatic. If, I mean, maybe he'll have canceled his... I mean, I don't know that he would check in in the first thing in the morning, but it's worth seeing what they know. So, um, via the operator, you get um, the Hotel Hanseatic and uh, a young man answering, uh, how can I help you? Uh, hello, I'm, uh, I'm calling from Berlin. I work with uh, Professor Erling. He has, I believe, a reservation with you today. I'm wondering if he's arrived um, let me check, Professor Erling. Yes, we have a reserv. Uh, we had a reservation. Oh, he he's cancelled. He cancelled earlier this week. Earlier this week. What day do you know? Uh, I'm sorry. That's uh, it's not noted here. Just okay. Uh, just can uh, He just cancelled. It must be, uh, have been uh, within the week. His, yeah, he's on a lecture tour, but something's uh, come up, and then we're having a hard time reaching him. Um, oh, I'm, I'm very sorry. If uh, if we hear from him, shall we give you? Uh, uh, yes, I'll I actually give I'll actually give the uh, Henning's number because mm -hmm. I'm probably sharing a phone down the hall with eighteen yeah, other you are. three people. Um, yeah, so I'll give him Henning's number and. Uh, I guess I'll. Uh, I guess I'll call. I'm gonna have to fish all the coins out of my patched pockets to make these long distance calls. I'm gonna call the university at Göttingen, uh, and I guess there'll be a department of German philology. Yeah, I probably even have the professor who who uh, the name of the professor that contacted. Yeah, that's uh, the airline. Well, you, you know who uh, the the big names in the field and the uh, in Göttingen would be Dean Gelderman, who's uh, heading the uh, uh, the department. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna call his office and see if I can figure out anything else about Erling's erratic behavior and last whereabouts. Well, you call um, you uh, call up his office, and uh, uh, his secretary answers. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you ask, uh, you you ask for the dean in general, or if you uh, yeah, I'll say that I'm you know I that I'm Hans Peter Locke, that I work with Professor Erling, and I understand there's been some interruption in his schedule, and the dean might be able to tell me more. You, when you say the name of uh, of Professor Erling, you hear a hear a intake of breath. 
Ah, um, the dean isn't in today. Uh, you know, it being uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the university holiday, is uh, there's not much business today. And uh, to be quite frank with you, I wouldn't mention uh, uh, Professor Erling's name around Gelderman uh, man, anytime soon. Mm, that's you, bad, yeah. You, you have no idea. He's he's been in a rage all week. Uh, a Gelderman has a bad airline. Yeah, he's, he's fuming. Yeah. Uh huh. I, I know that he, he was never a friend, uh, a fan of uh, of having uh, him for this lecture, but. Uh, mm. When it, there was something happened at that lecture, and Gelderman is if you just mention his name, he's he goes straight through the roof. Oh, wow. Um, I'm very sorry to, to hear it. it. Sounds like it's been a stressful week for you as well. Then, do you know if if uh Erling left the campus? I mean, I suppose he was expelled. I haven't. I haven't heard of the professor. Let, let me check. He was. Uh, uh, I have the the bill of his. Um, I have this. To jump. Uh, I have the bill from uh, Mrs. Stock for for his lodging. She she, she seemed to be. Quite in the indi uh, indignated uh, as well. Mm. He was staying with a, uh, a, a woman named Stock. Uh, Adele Stock is she's uh, um, the widow of an uh, of a professor, and uh -huh. she rents out rooms for uh, for the university uh, sometimes. And so she might be the last person to have seen him if he packed his bags and left from there. Oh, that's quite quite possible, yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You've been very helpful. Um, we, I might be seeing you. We, a few of us are uh, are on the lookout for the rampant professor who's gone wild. Um, but you've been very helpful. We're, I'm sorry that you've yeah, the, been in such trouble. Uh, 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 never mind. Uh, best of luck to you. Many thanks. Have a good weekend. So the others, what are you and uh, are all of you doing? It was, must be the next day. Yeah, it's the next morning. Um, I am not thinking about the case at all. I'm having breakfast and getting ready to go into the office. If I thought about the cases all the time, I would go start raving mad. I'd be running naked through the streets and <laughs> I, I'm probably having I was probably having breakfast and probably over I guess some pastry and then like some coffee reading I guess the folder just to re-familiarize it so I don't have to like check it every time I want to remember what it says yeah so uh, Jim my character is very keen on this folk festival angle and all these mm -hmm. flowers that were ordered so maybe if there's time, do some research or what have you, ask around about any kind of festivals in that, I guess, in that area where he was, where he was last seen. Um, 
Well, generally, as I said, it's uh, quite possible to, that there are many festivals right now, mm. but it's usually uh, not that easy to uh, get information on that uh, from long distance. Like that's uh, basically uh, a thing that happens in a, uh, in a town, but it's not announced like to uh, through half of Germany. Right, it's country stuff. But it's uh, it's at least feasible uh, that there will be a, a, a festivals. Um, basically, it's um, uh, it's season for the uh, 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 traditional shooting festivals in Germany. They are uh, basically every uh, every town has a shooting club, and they, uh, this is the season of the year when they have the. Uh, their festivals okay i'm i wanted to uh take a look at the folder that the student mm -hmm. gave me to try to review to see if i could find out any more related to the breakthrough um or why the professor felt he had to take every precaution including having possibly a gun um and then, well, you, you don't find many uh, personal uh, things. It's uh, mainly transcripts of uh, of texts. Um, you would think that he must have other uh, documents because uh, this is basically like the uh, the basis for uh, for his research, but his research notes are largely missing. Interesting. Maybe he's keeping them with them. Or perhaps at home. Yeah, and then, of course, sleep a nice night in my nice hotel and have a grand breakfast and find my way over. So, you reconvene at the office or do you? does anyone want to contact anybody else? I have made all the long distance calls I can possibly afford. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll reach out to the florist when we get to Goethe. Or I, I'll I, have do call, I do call back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that I'm not going to have to deal with the same person that was there last night. Most so. likely not. Um, do you want to... Uh, try to get patched through through any uh, specific department? Um, the emergency department. There's such thing. Basically, you have, are a thing. you'll have like, uh, you know how, uh, how the hospitals would work. You, you, uh, you know, the University Hospital of uh, Berlin, the Charité, where you have like uh, all the different uh, departments like uh, internal medicine and surgery and psychiatry and they are basically secluded uh, hospitals i see um and I'm, you would I'm, guess that with another uh, in getting it would, would be the same i'm i'm thinking also that after 3 days if he was running around naked and a bit violent they might have taken him to a sanitarium. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I'll I'll look up and see if there's like a like sanitarium in the area where he supposedly ran around naked. Well, actually, the uh, the university hospital has a psychiatry and okay. uh, sanitarium. Uh, uh. So, so that's where I'll call psychiatry department. Then yeah, yeah. You um, you have a, a the voice of a young uh, woman uh, answering uh, the phone. Uh, good morning. How, how can I help you? Yes, um, uh, I am uh, Carl Henning. I am a private detective. Um, I am calling because uh, I believe three days ago now, um, uh, a gentleman, an older gentleman, was uh, was seen in uh, the area running around naked, and I assume that he would have been brought to you uh, once he was uh, incarcerated. Um, I'm working for a client whose husband is missing, and we want to make sure that that he might be there. We want to know if we have an unidentified naked man. Um, let, oh, uh, what let been three days ago. See, the last three days, you say? Um, well, uh, obviously, I can't. Uh, I don't have to. Uh, uh, do you, and you don't have you have a name. Um, the wife has asked us to use some discretion. Uh, he's an elderly man. He has um, sideburns from you know he has some mutton chops as they call them. Uh, I, I don't have a description of patient, but you said you said he would have been. Uh, he would have been a John Doe. It would have been somebody with no name. No, we don't. We don't have any. Uh, any patients over the last week uh, we don't know the uh, identity of. I can see that in the register. Okay. That's uh, probably all we need to know. Because, uh, uh, well, okay. You don't have any any description of uh, patient came um, in? No, I, I only have uh, the, uh, the name, the gender, uh, and, and uh, the age. Okay. Did you have any older gentleman come in? Hmm? Any older um, gentleman? Uh, let's see. Do a luck roll. Wait, what's my luck? Hey, hey. Success? I'm looking to see. Oh, yeah. Oh. That actually is a success. Okay. Um, uh, uh, no, there's no uh, older uh, older gentleman who's been committed over the last days. All right, thank you very much. Uh, you've been very helpful. Uh, no, not, not a problem. I hang up, and then I go to the office right. to meet everybody. So you all reconvene there. Yeah, there's a nice Thanks pot of coffee. Oh, yeah, I, I got a cup for you. Here you go. Oh, thank you very much. Hans, I, I was uh, looking through the professor's papers you gave me last night, and it seems that there is a great deal missing. Might he have stored his material either at home or taken it with him? I think he, I think he took a lot of the original documents with him to, to prove to the academics that 
uh, are dismissing him that his ideas are, are correct. Is there yeah. any chance he left some uh, some work at home? Well, I think the folder we have is is what the wife Everything from brought. Home. Okay. Uh, and the office, I just have the you know the things that you're aware of. Um, I have I have called the university. Uh, I have the name of the woman that uh, the university was renting a room from. I know that he did not that he cancelled uh, the Hamburg lecture uh, and and his hotel there. So I think that. Um, Mr. Henning, then he cancelled him. They didn't. He didn't know precisely. If, but earlier in the week, if he had cancelled it before his this incident, then he knew he wasn't going to finish his tour. Yeah. Well, apparently the lecture, and, apparently lecture Göttingen went very very poorly, and left the dean um, shaking with rage. I think is something like the secretary said. That seems like a very difficult task to do. Something. I don't know. I've known some deans. I, I'm interested, uh, Mr. Henning, in your idea that that he's tracing some part of Jacob Grimm's journey uh, around the Hearts Mountains. Um, if you'd like to call the uh, the the seller of the. 3,500 silk roses is in Göttingen, and he paid in full there out of the large sum he apparently took out as a bank draft. They might be able to say whether he carried them off, or I don't know if you can carry 3,500. I mean, silk I roses are somewhere. Delivered. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Uh, let's give it a call. And so we'll, we'll call them. It's going to take guess, another. Uh, Three and a half hours to get the phone and the, the operator to connect us. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what, what'd you get out of the medical call? Huh? And you called back of the hospital, right? We called the hospital. We called the 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 psychiatric department of the university. Uh, check if he had been admitted. They said no elderly gentleman had been admitted in the last. Five days, four days. Okay, so. And have we spoken to the local police? Well, they wouldn't have kept him. They would have immediately taken him to the hospital if he was running around naked. So that's unless not he never got incarcerated. Unless he had. never got incarcerated, and he just well, kind of. But hmm. uh, if they found, if they believed that he was in any way mentally cuckoo, they would uh, take him. Now I'm also worried that maybe what kind of landscape is there? Is it woods? It could have wandered off into the woods. That's possible. Oh. Because if nobody incarcerated him and he was running around naked, then he must have escaped somewhere out into the woods. He could get lost. And it's been three days. I assume that he, I don't, if they know who he was, who was running around naked, then he was stopped. It's not as though a, a stranger from Berlin is seen running down the street, a naked man with mutton chops, and everyone says, ah, look, it's Professor Erling. Unless they so, identify what he was screaming about. 
Oh, but that's not even mentioned. No, I think that he was subdued and probably went back to the rooms that were rented for him and he probably packed his things. And it was only on Wednesday that he bought the flowers. I guess we have to go ask. He wasn't naked when he bought the flowers or I think the receipt would probably make a note to that regard. I don't think we're going to figure it all out until we get there. So I agree. Let's make some calls, what we can, and then we got to go. So... Someone's uh, trying to call, uh, call the the flower shop. Yeah, and basically you have to go over the operating again, and they uh, they call uh, they ring you up uh, once they have the connection. And you have um, who's doing who's on the phone? Let one of them do it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the, the lawyer. <laughs> Actually, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, sure. So we're calling the shop that um, sold them the uh, flowers. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. If they were sent to another town, that would suggest where he went. Okay. So I will. Um, I'll give them a call. Yeah, and it's, uh, a man uh, is on the other end of the line. You're on Popkins here? Uh, yes, sir. Um, my name is uh, Joseph Prince. I'm a lawyer here in Berlin. And uh, this might be an odd question, yeah. but uh, apparently you had a customer recently who ordered a very large number of silk flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. The, uh, the, uh, uh, the professor. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Professor. Um, yeah, so that was that was something. I mean, we usually we we sell these, uh, uh, we produce uh, these kind of flowers, uh, and we, we usually sell to like hotels and uh, festivals, uh, uh, things like that. And uh, he uh, it was very strange for a professor to call in that he uh, and uh, order such. Uh, a big amount of flower uh, of silk flowers. He he was in luck that we had uh, that we had any in stock. Uh, anyhow, he, he basically bought my my whole uh, my whole uh, whole uh, uh, inventory. Well, I, I've heard your flowers are some of the best in the country. I, I must uh, of course, of course. Turn to to uh, to uh, your. Uh, your business. Did, did he mention? Did he mention uh, why he needed so many of these flowers? I have no idea. No, it, it was pretty strange that, and uh, he uh, basically he, he paid them in full, and but he forgot the bill. So I I, I thought I uh, best send it quickly to to the home address he gave me. Uh, it, it seemed to to have reached uh, you, right? Uh, yes, yes, through his through his wife. Did so the flowers that he ordered were they delivered somewhere? Did he did somebody no, pick them he, up in person? He he ordered them by phone on uh, let me see uh, what was it on Wednesday morning and he and uh, at noon he picked them up. He he came with a basically a big horse cart like like a carnival cart. I, I think it's. One of those uh, that folks uh, use for for uh, as a shooting gallery. Uh, I'm sorry, Jim. Can you repeat that last line? A shooting gallery. 
yeah, they, like uh, a shooting booth, you know, with uh, those air pressure gun uh, rifles. Like like a carnival event? Kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if he, he's planning on some some thing uh, at, uh, at his university. I, I think he said he was from Berlin. I, I don't even know why he's... So he arrives at your at your business to pick up these flowers in some sort of wagon that looked like a carnival event kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly Ask him what he looked like. Ask him to describe the professor. Can you describe what the professor looked like? Just so we, well, just so we're sure we're talking about the same elderly movie. gentleman, lean, you know, big sideburns, white hair. Well, starting to bold. Hmm. And you haven't seen anything of this of the professor ever since, or heard anything? No, no. Okay. I see that tells us that he might be very well right there hmm. at some festival. Uh, well, thank you, uh, my good man. When next time we're in town, I'll be sure to to uh, come by your shop. I can't promise I'll buy thirty five hundred flowers, but perhaps a handful. <laughs> Well, uh, I hope I could help you. <laughs> Good day. Yes, uh, thank you. So, he was on his lecture. He wasn't doing very good. He met a young woman. She took him to the festival. He bought her a whole bunch of flowers. And now they're romping naked in the fields somewhere nearby. I, I understand, think- Henning, that you're experience uh, leads you to assume that infidelity is the source of most human misconduct, but this is a fire over there. (laughs) We have have like, at least like two of those drawers are just infidelity cases. Most, most human conduct is related to sexuality, uh, whether we know it or not. But Uh, I'm not saying that he's an older man. I don't think it's that. The professor is an older man with a younger wife. Uh, and a very innocent and sweet daughter. Uh, I yeah, think what that, is... I wonder if he didn't suffer some injury. You know, can't a rap yeah. on the head cause you to sure. make strange decisions? He's been Actually, under stress. We ever, we ever asked you, what do you think of that relationship? Were they happy? Or were they not happy? Are you asking me or? I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, you're uh, If her principle permit me to speak frankly, uh, I don't know that uh, Frau Erling is as devoted a wife romantically as one might hope for. I think she's charming and intelligent and she has respect for the professor. Uh, And I think she also has respect for the style of life that he can afford to present her with. And I can buy a cart full of flowers and then just not care about it. Okay. Also, I think that it's always a dangerous thing when there is potential competition between a, a second wife and a first child. So you're plant you're planning on anything else or are you planning uh, to go on a trip? 
I think we need to go there. We need to go there and ask them more questions. Yeah. Hi, Prince. I think you'll be buying the uh, train tickets from your fee. Yeah. Uh, you, you, yes, you, you, have, you have funds for expense. Yeah. Do we need to do anything before we leave Berlin? I'm assuming that there isn't a train in the next 20 minutes. No. It's like. Next, uh, you call up the the train uh, station and the next uh, train to uh, to to getting uh, is like in two hours. Mm-hmm. You'll need accommodations there, perhaps. Packing. I've heard actually heard packing the garbage things. Yeah. So I think that is we have two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's you. Make your travel preparations and we'll make a break as you board the train to Gutting. Excellent. How easy is it in 1926 Berlin to buy dynamite in <laughs> before a train <laughs> journey? Actually, actually, can we just, in case. Actually, can we carry just buy, it on can, a train? Can, can we buy a long time? <laughs> Let's, let's well, buy some rifles. Actually, we'll just get them there. Okay. We'll get uh, well, if you have the right connections, you will uh, you will get it. the The interesting thing in Germany uh, during the Weimar Republic is that oh. it's the first time in German history that guns and weapons and explosives are uh, really regulated, but there's a whole bunch uh, floating yeah. around from the war. So legally, it's extremely hard to uh, to have uh, to have uh, firearms, but and market wise, it's very easy. It's easy. <laughs> well, and it, like even in the United States, it would be easier to get dynamite the farther away from the city that you went because yeah. uh, also the weirdest farmers thing is, use it to blow up stumps and yeah. and the weirdest thing is in like in like the twenties, at least in the Americas. I know it's like you could order. You could just order Tommy guns in the mail and they'll deliver it to you in like two weeks. In in the US, yes. No problem. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's let's finish it there. Our okay. players included Brian Ridge, David Gasway, Max Stoll, Steve Anderson, and myself with Pascal Breitenfeld as the keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the pri- uh, the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.